We are going to be, Lord willing, in the book of 1 Corinthians for a little bit. This is what's been on my heart for the last few months. I've been praying about where I felt like God wanted us to go, and He keeps bringing me back to 1 Corinthians. So, unless He changes my heart, we're going to set up camp in 1 Corinthians for probably a pretty good while. Uh, we had been in the book of Revelation for a long time, and that was... I kind of needed to catch my breath out of that one. That was kind of tough. We did a couple of mini-series through miracles in the book of John and looking at Psalm 25, but uh, we're going to dig in deep again to 1 Corinthians this time. We, uh, Lord willing, wouldn't it be cool if we could, over the next 20 years, go through like every book of the Bible? I did the math. that like Based on the pace, the pace that we're going through the Bible now, uh, through books of the Bible, if I, if y'all was to keep me around for another fifteen years, we could we could probably cover every book of the Bible if Lord willing. So, but we we won't worry about that. We'll just we'll just go over what what God gives us the opportunity to go over. And today it will be First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one verses one through seventeen. Give everybody a chance to find it. That's in the New Testament. It's a book of Paul. And what Paul is doing here, if I could just sum up 1 Corinthians in, in just a, a few a sentence or two, uh, Paul was seeing some things and hearing some things that were going on in, 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 uh, in Corinth and the church of the Corinthians. Uh, they apparently were, were doing pretty good at some point in time. Uh, but there were some things that had begun to creep in, and it caused division in the church, some sin that was there. And so Paul was writing this letter back to the people at Corinth to let them know, hey, I've heard what's going on, and I need to address some things for you. I need to address some things with you, some things that you guys may be doing, some things that you guys may be putting up with. And so Paul, in the midst of, uh, of, 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 of telling them these things, there's some encouragement here and there, but he's, he's pointing out some things that shouldn't be there. He's trying to point them in the right direction. He's trying to help the church at, church at Corinth to uh, mature as Christians. Uh, the advice that Paul or any of these authors of the Bible gives to their people at their, at their time are just as good for us. The same issues that were being dealt with in the early church are the same issues that are being dealt with in our church today. Uh, as Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. While some of the, the details may change, ultimately the hearts of people do not change. And the same type of sinful activities and the same sinful attitudes that people had when, in the early church are the same things that we uh, have to fight against today. Or the, the same temptations that Christians in the early church had are the same temptations that you and I have to fight against today. And if, if, if the enemy can, can, can get us off track and get us tempted and get us as a body of believers not to all be pulling in the same direction, that is for the cause of Christ, to preach Christ and Christ crucified, then, then, then the enemy can keep us from, from doing what God desires for us to do. And so as Christians, we always have to be on our guard. As a church, we always have to be on our guard. We never want to sit back and say, boy, we're doing pretty good, or God's blessed us, or everything's going smooth. We're just going to kind of put it on cruise control, and we're going to kind of relax. 
Because pride comes before a fall. And so as Christians, we have to be on our guard that we are not allowing the enemy to use us to, to cause problems among the body of believers. As, as a church, we need to constantly go back to and be reminded of what really matters. And that is Jesus Christ. And as a Christian, I have to do that in my life sometimes because sometimes I begin to, I begin to get off track and, and my thoughts and things I read or things I study I begin to splinter off in lots of different areas. And sometimes I get caught up in details. And before I know it, I've gone down a trail getting too consumed by things that really don't matter. And so a lot of times, God has to get my attention. The Holy Spirit has to grab a hold of me and, and kind of ground me back on Jesus Christ. To know that it's Jesus that, that, that holds everything together. That it's on Jesus Christ that, that everything is built. And that's what Paul is kind of making the point here at the beginning of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. He's, he's making that foundation that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He's pointing out that there is some division in the church in Corinth, but he's trying to get them back to Christ. He's trying to cause them to, to, to say, hey, look, we're not going to divide over silly stuff. We're, we're going to stick to what we know is serious and not silly, and that is Jesus Christ. So that's kind of a brief overview of, of what we'll talk about today and a little bit about the book of 1 Corinthians. I'll read through the first 17 verses, and then we'll pray and we'll dig in. Paul, called an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Sosthenes, our brother, to God's church at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called as saints, with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus, that by him you were enriched in everything, in all speech and all knowledge. In this way, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I urge you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no division among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers, by members of Close household, that there is rivalry among you. What I am saying is this. Each of you says, I'm with Paul, or I'm with Apollos, or I'm with Cephas, or I'm with Christ. Is Christ divided? Was it Paul who was crucified for you? Or were you baptized in Paul's name? I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say you were baptized in my name. I did, in fact, baptize the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't know if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to evangelize, not with clever words, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effects. Let's pray. 
Father God, we come to you now and we thank you for this word and I pray that you would just speak through me, that you would hide me behind the cross, God, that your word would do the speaking to your people today, dear Lord. Help me to, to be able to, to, to preach in a way that's going to be beneficial, that's going to be spirit-led, God, that's, that's going to help to hear, to understand. But God, we know that ultimately it's you. And so God, I want us to hear from you today. God, I pray that you would uh, calm any nerves that I have. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and that you would be glorified by your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We know who wrote this letter pretty clearly because it starts off by saying Paul. So there's not really any question as to who wrote this letter. And it was Paul who was writing this letter to the church at Corinth. And, and many of Paul's letters start out uh, the same way. Uh, Paul, called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Sosthenes, our brother, to God's church at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called as saints, with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it appears as though Paul is writing to a group of believers in Corinth. These are people who, who have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and some of which had accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's referring to them as, as brothers and sisters in Christ here. He's saying, look, we're all brothers and sisters in Jesus. It's nothing else that, that brings us together. It's nothing else that ties us together. And the same is true for you and I. We all come here today from different places with different backgrounds and maybe different beliefs or different interpretations on some things. But there is one common ground that brings each of us as Christians together, and that is Jesus Christ. That's the one thing that we cannot compromise on. And Paul is making the point here saying, hey, look, we all are brought together in this common ground, and that is Jesus Christ. That is the grace of the Lord that, that we have received through him. So we hear, have here at the beginning who wrote the letter. That is Paul. Uh, we have who it's to. That is the people of Corinth. And we have that common ground. Paul is, is, is giving them an encouraging word, letting them know, hey, look, we're all on the, in this together. We all should be on the same page. Verse number four. I always thank God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus, that by him you are enriched in everything in all speech and all knowledge. Again, here we have language that sounds like Paul is saying, hey, look, these are people who are believers in Jesus Christ. They have been enriched by Jesus and his teaching. They have received some knowledge about Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's, he's offering thanksgiving here. That's not uncommon for Paul to do as he writes a letter to these different people. He is always very thankful for his brothers and sisters in Christ. He is always very thankful for the grace that God has poured out on them. He is very thankful that they are coming together as a group and they are worshiping and they are, they are working together for the good of the Lord. In this way, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so there's this idea of, of waiting on Jesus Christ. And we are familiar with that idea as Christians. We are waiting for the day that Jesus Christ will come and make all things right. That day is eventually going to come to where Jesus is going to make 
all things right, or at least that's that's my personal belief and my opinion on what the text says. And and that's what Paul, I believe, is, is talking about here. He's pointing them towards saying, hey, look, that day is coming and you guys are waiting. You're eagerly waiting for that day uh, that that re- revelation of Jesus Christ is going to come to you. It could have possibly been some revelation that they were waiting that Jesus was going to reveal something to him. It could have been Jesus revealing himself to him. I'm not sure exactly what Paul is referring to there. Verse 8, he will also strengthen you to the end. That's a good word of encouragement to know that as we wait on the Lord, we may go through different different things in our life, hard times, tough times. We see very similar language as Jesus is, is addressing the seven churches in the book of Revelation. There are some of them that are going through hard times, and Jesus is encouraging them to wait on the Lord, to stand firm, to not give up, to hold strong. And I think Paul is using uh, kind of a similar language here. He's reminding the people, hey, look, God is not going to abandon abandon you as you're on this process, this 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 road of Christianity that, that we're all on as we travel this journey, I guess would be a better way to put it, this journey of Christianity as we go through this world, things come up and hard times come and good times come and bad times come and sad times come. But through it all, the Lord is our strength. And Paul is reminding the people of Corinth here that the Lord is their strength. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a good, a good, a good basic teaching that's important for us to know, and that is that we are called and we are brought into fellowship with the Lord through Jesus Christ. Paul wanted to make sure that there's no... There's no, there's no uh, uh, misunderstanding about how we are brought to Christ. And it should be for us today. There should be no misunderstanding as to how we are brought into a relationship with the Lord, how we are brought into God's favor, and that is through Jesus Christ. That is through the sacrifice that he made. We don't earn God's favor because of our of our good deeds or anything else. We don't earn God's good favor because we come to church 52 Sundays out of the year. We don't earn God good, God's good favor because we put the most money in the offering plate. The only way that we get in good standing with God is through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are cleansed by his blood when we accept the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. And so as Christians, we come together in fellowship with the Lord and with one another But that common ground is Jesus Christ. That is the one and only thing that brings us together. That is the one and only thing that that makes us Christians. And so as Christians, we we are on that ground. We are firmly founded, or at least we should be, on Jesus Christ. Then he gets to the tough part. Then he gets to what's going on in, in the church of Corinth in verse 10. Now I urge you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say and that there be no divisions among you and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. Now that's a tough verse. That's a tough verse because at first glance, if you, if you read that, or at least when I, I read it at first, it, it would almost seem as though Paul is saying everybody always has to agree on everything in the same way. But I don't believe that that's what Paul is saying at all, and I think it's apparent through, through Paul's writings here. If that was the case, then I would never be able to go to any church, or none of us would, because we would never all agree on every single thing that there is. That's, that's an impossibility. There's always going to be some disagreement. 
So I don't think what Paul was talking about there was just a simple disagreement on some things. As Christians, we, we have those things sometimes, and that's okay. But what Paul was talking about was something much deeper. I'll read to you the, the same verse from the New Living Translation. It's, it's probably not the most literal translation, but I think it captures the essence and maybe uses some words that, that help me at least to understand a little better uh, what Paul is getting at here. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. I think when Paul is talking about being united in thought and purpose, he's talking about the bigger picture. That is to be united in Jesus Christ. That is that we all live in harmony with one another. It's not that there are not at times going to be some differences of opinions. That's okay. There are many things in the Bible that I believe are okay for us to have a difference of opinion on. But what I think Paul was saying, and what I'm saying, is that there is one thing that we cannot have a difference of opinion on, and that is Jesus Christ. That is, that is what makes us a Christian. If we say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in Jesus Christ, well, then you're not a Christian, because that is the one thing that should pull all of us as believers together. And that is the point that, that Paul is getting to here. There was division in the church, and I think there's a difference between disagreement and division. But I do think that disagreement can lead to division. And that's what was going on in, in the church of Corinth here that Paul is addressing, is the people were not living in harmony. Instead, they were beginning to pick sides. And any time in church where there's a disagreement that, that, that begins to lead to people picking sides, I got news for you. It's not going to end well. It never ends well when people who are believers in Jesus Christ begin to pick sides over things that many times are not, not crucial, critical things. Many times are things that, that should not be anything. And that's something that we as Christians must guard ourselves against, that we don't ever allow the enemy to get to us to a point to where we allow our disagreements to, to turn into division. Because that's a tough thing to go through as a church. Let's read a little further about what's going on here. Verse 11. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers, by members of Clo's household, that there is rivalry among you. Now, I don't know who Clo is. I, I would assume that Clo was probably a female. I don't know. It could have been a male. And I don't know who Clo is. But it, it would have been someone probably that the people of Corinth would have known. He, he, he used that name in, in a pretty common way that it would be someone that they were familiar with. But what he had heard is that there were, was rivalry that was taking place in the church of Corinth. And the rivalry that was taking place, as we read on in verse 12... He goes on to say, what I'm saying is this. Each of you says, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Cephas, or I am with Christ. And then he asks a great question at the beginning of verse 13, and that is, is Christ divided? See, what had happened in the church is that people had begun to, to take sides. They had begun to say, well, I've been baptized by this person, or I'm following this person. And there were some differences maybe in what was being taught. And what had happened was, is it had led to a massive division in the church, so much so that Paul felt like he needed to address it here. It almost sounds as though that the people had begun to choose sides. Now, 
That's a tough thing, as I just said. That's something that we must guard against as Christians and as a church, that we don't ever get to a point to where we don't try to work out our disagreements, that we don't get to the point where we are choosing sides. Because many of you know firsthand from this church, we have seen how difficult that can be. We have seen a split in a church that started as a disagreement and it turned into a, one of the worst experiences I've ever been through in my life. It was absolutely horrible. And we have to guard ourselves against that, Christians, that we don't ever allow situations like that to, to come into our church, to break up something good, to take something that God wants to do good with, to take the love that is here, the tenderness that is here, and the caringness that is here. See, the devil wants to take that, and he wants to completely do away with that. And Paul knew the results of that. Paul knew the consequences of that. Paul knew that nothing good was going to come from that. And what Paul said was, look, is Christ divided? That is, if, if all of these people are going to preach Christ, or if all of us as Christians are going to profess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, Christ is not divided. So if we as Christians are, are in a point to where there are becoming uh, huge divisions that is causing major conflict within our body, then we need to step back and we need to ask ourselves, is Christ divided? Because that's not God's desire for our church. That's not God's desire for his children that we all pull in separate directions. But sometimes we do that. Now, I told you, me personally, sometimes I get, I get caught up in details that don't matter, and I can go and I can get off track sometimes. And as Christians, many of us may be like this frayed rope. There, there are all these little parts that are splintering off, and we may get so caught up in little things that we begin to miss the whole purpose. We begin to miss what really matters. And that is that Jesus Christ is there. That one strain is there. We are all Christians and and we all are, are twisted and tied together, and we all should be working together. And when we do that, we're just like a rope. Even though it's lots of little threads, if you get enough threads together and they're all pulling in the same direction, you can do some mighty stuff. And that's what God desires to do for us as a church. God desires for us not to necessarily agree 100% on everything, but what God does want us for us to agree on Jesus Christ and to make sure that everything we're doing is for the kingdom and that we don't get caught up in, in things that are fruitless. Sometimes in my life I get caught up in things that are fruitless and God has to convict me of that and has so in the last couple months. And so I'm trying to work through that. And, and God has really reminded me and helped me to say, hey, look, this is what really matters and that is Jesus Christ. And maybe some of us need to take a step back from our life. Maybe you're doing good spiritually. If you are, praise the Lord. Maybe some of you are like me where you have to kind of take a step back and get back to the basics. I have to do that every, every once in a while, every few months, every few years. I have to kind of get back to the basics and realize, hey, it's all about Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying to the people of Corinth. He's saying... It's all about Jesus Christ. You guys have heard the good news. You, you, it, it sounds as though to me that they were doing pretty good at some point in time. But Paul, what he sees is that, is that they're being pulled apart and they're beginning to fray and they're beginning to take sides and they're beginning to let their disagreements hinder the work of the Lord. And Jesus is, is hanging on there like a, like a thread. He's trying to keep everybody together. But sadly, if we don't as Christians work together, then eventually that could snap. It's not that Jesus snaps. 
Jesus is just as strong, but sometimes we as Christians don't do what we should do. Sometimes that rope that God has brought together and says, look, I've got this rope of enterprise, and I want the rope of enterprise to lasso this, to lasso that, and I want you guys to pull in this direction all for the kingdom of God or whatever church it may be. I think God has these, has these different ropes and different groups he uses for different things, and we all must pull together for the glory of God. I don't want to see any church have a division or a dispute or a rivalry that turns into bitterness and anger because that does nothing for the kingdom of God. It does absolutely nothing. Not only does it not do anything for the kingdom of God, but it hurts the kingdom of God. Because when the outside world of unbelievers sees those of us who profess to be believers arguing and fussing and feuding and having rivalries among one another, that goes far greater than disagreement. We're talking about outright rivalries where we're picking side. Man, that does not look very enticing to a world of lost sinners. But we as Christians, we need to be be good examples of what the love of Jesus Christ is. So that when people see us, they'll say, I want to be a strand in that rope. I like what they're doing for the kingdom. I like the way they're loving people, helping people, the way they're working for the Lord, the way they're praying together, the way they're worshiping together, the way they sing, the way they study the Word. I like what they're doing all for the glory of God. And I want to be a strand in that rope. And that's what God desires for us to do, is to all be in one accord, is to all work together. And that was not what was happening in the church of Corinth. Praise the Lord, I feel like that we all are in one accord in Enterprise Baptist Church. I believe that we are all focused on Jesus Christ, and I believe that we are doing good. But we can't, we can't rest on that and say, just going to take a break. We have to work to make sure that the devil doesn't cause divisions among us. And that's what Paul was trying to do with the people here. He was saying, look, I see the problem that's taking place, but I want to remind you what really matters. And what really matters is Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite things that Paul says is at the end of verse 17. He says, "For Christ, or I'll read all of verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to evangelize, not with clever words, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effect. What Paul is saying is, is nothing else matters. I'm not trying to sweet talk you. I'm not trying to do anything fancy, do a fancy sing or dance. I'm not trying to lure you in with anything other than the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, look, this is the only thing that matters is the cross of Jesus Christ. And I think Paul was trying to draw the people of Corinth back there. He was trying to get them focused on, hey, here's what really matters. It doesn't matter if you're, a, if you're, if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter how smart you are, if you're well-educated or uneducated. It doesn't matter if this person baptized you or that person baptized you. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. And Paul said, that's all I'm going to preach. I'm not going to try to butter you up. I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm just going to preach truth to you. And I'm going to preach Jesus Christ. And I have to go back and read that verse sometimes. Because for me, it's easy to, to get off track. And to want to try too hard, really. And to think that, well, I need to say this better or do this better. But really, all we've got to do as Christians is preach Christ and Christ crucified. The burden is not on us. Jesus Christ has took the burden. All we have to do is tell the world. And somebody, some people are going to accept it. And some people are not going to accept it. 
But Jesus Christ is what we are grounded on, and that's what we preach, and that's what we teach, and that is what brings us together, and that is what will hold us together. And in the church of Corinth, Paul was saying, look, you guys are struggling with some stuff. There's some division among you. You're not grounded on Jesus Christ the way you should. And he was saying, look, Christ is not divided, and you guys shouldn't be divided either. And those words are just as true for us today. All of these things that, that Paul is going to address through 1 Corinthians are just as beneficial for us today because they're things that we struggle with, that we deal with, that we see in our world today. That we've either seen in this church or will see in this church because things don't change. And Jesus Christ doesn't change. And the same thing that brought the early Christians together is the same thing that brings us together. The same Lord and Savior that the people of Corinth worshipped is the same reason and the same Lord and Savior that we worship. It's the same reason why we come here every Sunday. And let us not forget that. Let us be on guard so that we are not those who are undivided, but that we are those who are united in Christ Jesus. That we are those who are not, who are, who are not being someone that the world looks at and says, man, what's going on there? But that we are those that the world looks at and says, I want to be part of what's going on there. I want to be part of that. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now and we thank you for your good word. And dear Lord, we want people to be part of you, God. We, it's not about Enterprise Baptist Church. I mean, God, we want people to come here and worship. That's, that's good and all. But ultimately, we don't want people to come to us. We want people to come to you, dear Lord. And that's what it's all about. So help us to pull in the same direction, God. Help us to, to see areas in our church that may creep up. That, that may cause division, help, help that not to be the case. But dear Lord, we, we have to be realistic. We know that as long as, as us as humans are involved in things, dear Lord, we mess things up. So God, I pray that you help us to be on guard. I pray that you continue to give us a good spirit of love. I pray that you would help us to pull in that same direction, dear Lord. I pray that you would, you would help us not to get caught up in, in, in details of things that, that don't matter, dear Lord. Sometimes I'm guilty of that. Maybe others are. But help us to be most caught up with Jesus Christ. Because that is the one detail that does matter. That is the only detail that matters. That is the thing that matters most, dear Lord. So of all the, the details of, of, of your word, everything that there is, God, when we go out into the world, let us preach Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. Let us preach the cross. God, I know some of us may feel like we don't, we don't have clever words to say or we, we may not be the best speakers or we may not know your word good enough, dear Lord, but we know Jesus. And so, God, I pray that those of us who are in here that have accepted Jesus and do know him, that we just preach you, Lord Jesus, and that's good enough. That's all there is. So help us to preach the love that you have when you died on a cross for us and shed your blood for us so that we could be forgiven. God, I pray that you, you keep us strong. I pray that you keep this rope that you've got here at Enterprise. I pray that you keep us strong and pull it in the right direction and all for your kingdom and all for your glory, dear Lord, that the world can see you through our actions. God, I pray that if there is one who has not accepted Jesus Christ today, that they would do so. Maybe today they realize that they've gotten caught up in some details and they've learned a lot of details and they know a lot of details, but they don't know you, Lord Jesus. And so I pray today that they would come and that they would acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, that they would accept the sacrifice that you gave, that they would ask that you would forgive them, that they would repent, that they would turn from their sinfulness, God, that they would turn from you. And God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.